Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And we want to welcome David from the Rock and Roll High School Minute. Welcome to our podcast, David. Good morning, good afternoon, good whatever (laughs) time you're listening to this. Hi guys, thanks for having me. It's morning drive time here at the uh, Fright Night Minute. Uh (laughs) You know, I I really feel lucky to be here because... I've been looking forward to this, and I, I I love this movie, and I've loved this movie since it first played on HBO in like '86 or '87, probably. Uh, uh-huh. So I mean, it's this is probably the first movie that taught me I loved horror movies. So I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm down to talk about this for as long as you want. All right, um, that's awesome. And Len here, actually, uh, you'll hear on the podcast. He's met all the cast. He. He's personal friends with all the cast. He has all so, the props. He has all the uh, novelties from the movie. Well, I wouldn't say I'm personal friends with the cast. <laughs> I know I worked with the. He's so. All right. Let's establish this right away. Robin is so jealous of the. Fight. <laughs> right? I, I am too. I'm raising my hand over here. So yeah, let's... Uh, but I did do a children. I'm an illustrator and a writer, and I did do um, Tom Holland, the writer and director of this movie. Mm-hmm. I did his first children's book a couple of years ago with him. So I know Tom, and hopefully we'll get him on the podcast if yeah. I can uh, help myself from calling him a prick. <laughs> We have a running gag where every uh, celebrity we talk about or everybody we potentially might get on the podcast. So if, if by the end of this I call you a prick, really it's with love. <laughs> the term of endearment, yeah. As usual, right? It's just yeah. this inner anger that he has. I don't know. It's true. <laughs> so what is your experience with Fright Night, David? Do you remember when you first saw it? Yeah, sure. So um, I was one of those kids that did not have cable, right? So uh, I only ever got to watch movies that were current at other people's houses um my my dad my uncle like taped everything from they would go to the video store bring it home like an armload of movies and tape them but there was always a little bit of a delay back then you know between Uh what was coming out at the video store and what was on hbo so i would go spend uh summers with my cousin a couple weeks and they had cable so you know pretty much all the movies that uh that i fell in love with as they were you know, coming out were ones that I would sit and watch eight or nine times over those couple of weeks with my cousin. And so, you know, that probably includes uh, uh, Commando, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, Fright Night, Weird Science, like mm-hmm. all the great, uh, you know, movies that we probably shouldn't have been watching um, back then. So it's definitely, like I alluded to earlier, probably the movie that, that taught me that I really liked horror movies because it was not, you know, a lot of what I knew horror movies to be was Hammer style sort of like uptight and, and like spooky gothic kind of stuff. Um, yeah, to the like eight or nine, ten-year-old, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But this movie made sense to me. It, uh, it kind of looked like my house. It kind of looked like my family. It was kind of funny. Um, it was definitely scary. Uh, and you know, as you get a little older, it's it's a little sexy, and you kind of feel that too. And you're like, oh, what's going on inside of me? That this, you know, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's uh, it it uh, this movie has served me well over the years. And I, I told almost this exact same story on the uh, 2000, 2001 podcast just a few days ago. But when I was in college, I bought a laserdisc player right as laserdiscs were sort of going out of style from a pawn shop, and it came with a big bin of uh laser discs and fright night was one of them Ooh. so um 
Don't I have, have that, do you, Len? No, I don't. Do you still have it, David? Do you still I, have I do it? still have it. I don't have a player anymore. So very cool. So that's it. It's that's uh, you know uh, I love it and it's uh, it's treated me well and it it makes me feel good to to know that the people are out there uh, still talking about it. You know, you guys obviously and and uh, I'm sure you've talked about the. Um, uh, the documentary that uh, I think it's a sh- on Shutter now, and uh, mm-hmm. but that's not it wasn't produced for Shutter, I don't think. But the uh, what's it called? You're you're, you're so, so cool, Brewster. Brewster. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. and and the uh, commentaries, the pirate commentaries for this movie. Uh, you know, it's it's all that stuff is great to know that it's sort of enduring and got people still talking. So yeah, we're kind yeah. of doing a, a different thing for our podcast. I've actually poured through all of that stuff, and Len is going to kind of remain. I don't know what we would call it spoiler free, but you know, it's kind of yeah. fun to be the guy. I'll be the, I'm the guys bringing all this extra knowledge from the listening to those and watching that. And, uh, Len's just like a true blood fan <laughs> from the eighties. You know, I don't think I yeah. even saw it until maybe into the nineties, maybe when I was more like an uh, older teenager. Yeah. But yeah. My yeah, mom was kind of twisted, so she had a lot of – she loved horror movies. I mentioned in an earlier minute for this podcast, the first movie I ever saw in the theater was American Werewolf in London. Oh, nice. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't this podcast. It might have been another, so I'll, I'll talk about it here. But, uh, yeah, she wanted to see the film, didn't have a babysitter, so she took me to see that. And then she really liked Faces of Death. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, those scarred me, so I've never been a big fan of <laughs> – the gore horror, right? Right, yeah. But Fright Night was, like you, David, was one of the first horror movies I ever fell in love with in the mid-'80s, and I've, I've never stopped loving it. Because it is charming, it's funny, uh, it's sexy, and it and it's scary. The makeup in this movie is so good. Oh, yeah. Um, this but, was like that, that peak, you know, like after this, makeup is on its way out, right? Like this is right? they're pulling all the tricks, still being a little experimental with things, trying to push the envelope just a little bit further. And, you know, it may look a little hokey to us now. I don't, maybe not. I don't think so, honestly. But I don't think so. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. But uh, yeah. I like the practical effects because they're tangible. Oh, yeah. They feel real. They uh, even if sometimes they're kind of silly. I, I personally rather watch. I'd rather marvel over practical effects in a movie like The Labyrinth than, um, you know, than watch a big superhero blockbuster now. I like those, too. But I get a nostalgic, really good feeling in my stomach. Um, right. And even if it, even if they're not great practical effects, you, you spend some time thinking, like, how did they do that? And how would I have done it to make it better? And that right. almost entertains you as much as, I mean, when you're watching the, the digital stuff, you're like, well, I, you know, I could have hired 10 more coders and, you know, right. had a bigger render farm and it would have looked better. But, you know, <laughs> right. so that, that's, that's no I, fun to ponder. A couple of years ago, the Fright Night cast uh, did a reunion in New Jersey at a horror festival at a horror con. And that's what Robin was referring to. I, I met everybody in person there. And, and um, I also met Tom Savini, speaking of practical effects. Right. And he really didn't seem like he wanted to be there at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I went right up to him and said, oh, Mr. Savini, I'm a big fan. I love your work. And he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, go, go get me a beer, kid. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> he is the crusty clown, the crusty the clown of uh, of uh, horror cons, probably. So, all right, we're going to start off with uh, minute sixteen of Fright Night. It begins with Charlie darting out his back door and ends with Judy bellowing his name. Well, 
So uh, we start off with, yeah, Charlie running out the door and crawling into a bush just as Billy is coming out the door with this poor teenage girl just reduced to trash. Literal trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, you know, Charlie is, uh, his mom would be proud of him sneaking out in the bushes and taking his jacket, I think. That's, you know, that's <laughs> He, he shuts the front door as well, yeah. Yeah, and he shuts the front door. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But he's also not very sneaky. Like, we hear his, like, flat leather-bottom shoes clomping down the stairs and him rustling through the bushes and everything. Yeah, I think the like door that, slams so. too, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. So. I uh, noted the uh, cheap, multicolored aluminum lawn chairs he runs by, and I was like, oh, that takes me back. <laughs> like, yeah, sitting on those, like, cheap, oh, they hurt so bad if you sit on them in, like, a bathing suit or something at the pool. And, and now you know why our parents were so adamant about us getting tetanus shots all the time, too, because the <laughs> yeah. lawn furniture was dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So Billy uh, drops this uh, poor girl into his Jeep CJ7. I had to look that up. But, uh, yeah. And it looks it's like a, he's it's got... a sweet light bar. Yeah. It looks like he's got Colorado plates. So... Yeah, I noticed that. And that's sort of a... Um like a little bit of hint back to uh to where jerry and billy have sort of come from in their journeys i mean it, it sort of evokes this like they move to a town they do what they do for a while until they get found out and they gotta move on you know and so they flip of... houses you know he's got the live-in carpenter it's, it's no big deal <laughs> people yeah, end up missing live-in carpenter right <laughs> yes yes yeah. do what do you think or do you know what's actually in that trash bag do you know what props they use? Because I swear to God, there's to- there are feet and toes at the bottom of that thing. Oh, I didn't if you look notice. at that trash bag, it almost looked like toes or knuckles that are actually poking out the bot that are stretching the uh, the bag itself. Oh, really? No, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm assuming it's not a real body. Um, yeah. But you know, <laughs> if, if somebody asked you to, as a extra in a movie or a production assistant, like, hey, get in this trash bag for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You'd probably do it. Hold your breath. Although he is sort of carrying it with one arm, so it's probably not a person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He He's having no problem with the body, but he definitely had some trouble with the coffin earlier in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we get this, what looks like, at first, uh, interesting overhead shot looking down on Billy, and then suddenly it, like, wobbles, and I just love that effect. You're like, oh, wait, we're actually looking from the point of view of uh, Jerry Dandridge. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't go into it right away, but it it, it gives you that, that view, but then it definitely gives you the handheld, you know, POV sort of wiggle to, to let you know pretty quickly. And then, I mean, it, you know, trying to put myself in, in the place of someone who hasn't seen this before, is like, how long through this journey would it take me to figure out the, what is going on, which is... He's a you know. vampire! <laughs> oh my god, are you sure? A what? Is actually what I'm supposed to say, I think. But, yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I find his path strange, right? Because he's looking at the Jeep directly over it, or like directly to his left. Then he runs away from it, swoops okay. out back around through an opening in the bushes. I mean, obviously it's like an effect for storytelling, but it's yeah. not like an effective method of travel that we're trying to, to portray here. But if I, mean, I could fly, I might take the long way around. It'd be fun. <laughs> that, that is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that, that shot very much reminds me of a bunch of shots in the lost boys oh yeah yeah you know like the vampire test and yeah a lot of the flying effects yeah yeah that's true and it i mean this is pretty effective storytelling without showing 
a person transforming into a bat or showing a bat flying by. I mean, later on, you'll, you'll see those things, you know, but this is this is still sort of keeping the is Charlie crazy? Like what's I mean, it's it's keeping his arc of the story where it is right now, because it, I mean, really, we're at the end of act one before we're done with the minutes this week we'll get to the end of act one i think i mean you know we can talk about that later but the, you know so this is this is very much the 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 portion where you're still trying to figure out like what is what is going on with charlie you know so it's um you're setting setting up the hero's journey at this point still, so <laughs> yeah right and that's a sort of like jaws in a way you don't get to see the monster for for a while and that that builds suspense it's a great you know, it's a great trick and we definitely yeah. saw some fangs earlier, so there's that. Yeah. But now it's we like, did. oh my gosh, he flies! <laughs> yeah, well, it's you've only ever seen Jerry obscured or from a distance so yeah. far at this point. I mean, this minute is really the first one where you get to see him, or is it maybe the next minute? I, hang on, I've got it. Turn it, but you you kind of see him in profile a little bit here. I think you do. You get a second of him in this shot. You yeah. do get to see him in that iconic red scarf and gray right. duster. <laughs> you know, yeah, his, his look. Is, and it's leather too, right? The gray leather duster. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I think it's leather. It's, okay, I'm not sure. It's one of those things that like kind of looks like leather, but you know, but I mean, it's you know, sort of a wardrobe goal of mine. But uh, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think I could pull it off. So, um, oh, I just want it, I, you know, whenever I kind of enter it into any room, I just want to have a, like a, a hard bass like doom doom doom. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> if I could have brad fidel followed me around yeah. um that'd be great it's a, you know I, I actually did one of my notes for this is that this is pitch perfect music for this i mean brad's got a lot of great uh notes through through the whole movie obviously i mean i assume if you appreciate the movie you appreciate the, the score and the soundtrack as well but um this is like very peak post carpenter uh electronic sort of moody uh setting and, and we we kind of run uh, a gamut of of music here it starts in one area and um you know kind of plays some like charlie music right and, and then we definitely get jerry notes right like when you yeah. when, when you, you see him so it's uh it's this is a this is a good good switch uh spot of, of the music here so also some of the uh sound i i was a little confused about the uh sound effects uh, as he is uh is transforming it's a it's definitely a like a, a sort of like whistly screechy sound you know it's not yeah. exactly a bat screech but it's i don't know it's i guess it's to imply the transformation yeah it's got like a little bit of a like screech and then a bit of an explosion or a lightning strike or something <laughs> like that at really at both ends like at, at the uh man to bat bat and then at the bat to man it kind of hit both that plus the i mean the wind effects which is yes you know it's like a you'll see that again later in the movie too you'll you'll see um sort of um you know in the different modes that jerry is in they, they definitely each have their own set of physical cues that go along with him that aren't you know showing the you know whatever you'll you'll see it later guys trust me it's there <laughs> i don't, don't want to give i don't want to give too much away but yeah 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 <laughs> and and there is a bit of confusion on like what exactly charlie saw we don't actually know what he saw until he runs inside and actually blurts it out to his mother but you know did he see the flight did he see the transformation did he just see jerry walk out of the shadows uh and was just like where did he come from and is you know naturally scared of him because he did see the fangs uh you know earlier so so jerry uh tosses billy the girl's purse and I just love, love the way the purse lands so neatly in Billy's hand. I'm, I'm certain it's a reverse shot, like it's oh, yeah. a string pulling the purse out of his hand. But Yeah, which it's sort of, 
I don't know if that's meant to imply something about like the athletic prowess of vampires. Like, you know, would, would these guys be a great baseball team? You know, these guys uh, know how to play catch. I mean, no day games, obviously, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe it's there to sort of evoke this, like, you know, it just looks like a leisurely toss coming out of Jerry's hand, but like it, boom, it, it shows up in Billy's hand, like right where it needs to be, right when it needs to be kind of thing. So, yeah. So, it, it looks weird, but maybe it's meant to say something. I'm not sure. So so we have Jerry taking a bite of the apple. And David, when you sign up to guest, you ask for any minute with Evil Ed or the minute with the apple. And I'm I'm hoping this is the minute. One of the, at least this, this is the minute. Yeah. OK, good. Well, so, yeah. The next one, I believe, is is it. But yeah. Yeah. The, like when he actually tosses it. Oh, OK. The, okay. Yeah. He bites it in this minute. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that, that's kind of a weird. Obviously, you guys have, have seen those things well some of you have seen and listened to the to sort of the explanation about why jerry's eating the fruit oh yeah and, yeah so, i have I mean, it all right here if you want me to yeah, read it, it out to you. <laughs> i'm research guy on this show uh so tom holland actually asked the cast to write biographies of their characters so they would understand their motivations a little better and kind of draw on that from you know when they filmed and when he was originally written jerry dandridge is more of a uh, villain so uh, Chris Sarandon tried to find different ways to kind of humanize him. He researched uh, bats and discovered that the bulk of the world's bat population are frugivores. So he concluded, quote, Jerry has a lot of fruit bat in his DNA. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why he's constantly uh, munching on apples. And he says that uh, this is a way for Jerry to kind of cleanse his palate after draining blood from his victims. So I, I did a little research into bats as well. And bats are kind of split into two different things. There are fruit-eating megabats, which is not a word I like to hear. Um, and then there's the you know regular echolocating vampire bats, or microbats, I should say. And a part of those microbats are the vampire bats. And it's I, then, I, then I got into a deeper hole about vampire bats. Okay, so this sounds familiar. They hunt only when it's dark. They feed primarily on the blood of mammals, including humans. Uh, so once the the vampire bat locates uh, a host, such as a sleeping mammal, it lands and approaches on the ground. I can't think of a creepier thing than a little vampire bat just waddling along the ground and going after a sleeping victim. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they have heat sensors in their nose to help them detect blood vessels near the surface of, of the skin of a mammal. And so they jump on them. They create a uh, small incision with their teeth and lap up the blood from the wounds. And apparently the bat saliva, which is left in the wound, um, helps kind of prolong bleeding. They have like anticoagulants in it uh, to stop the blood from clotting. Anyway. extra gross, but yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I just want to... throw a shout out to some of my Facebook friends. If you're listening, bats are not cute. They're not cute. They are the enemy and they all should be stopped. I'm just saying. I'm sure there's a good reason. Vampire bats, honey. (laughs) It's like, Oh, look at this bat. It's so cute. No, it's a killer. (laughs) I mean, Um, they do have a little adorable pig noses that sniff out your blood vessels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, they're whatever. there yeah. to, to find out where to kill you. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> where to drain you from. Um, so Chris Randon also f- thought about the sadness of being a vampire. And he says that, uh, he said, quote, 
you're a captive in a way of eons and eons of time. And can you imagine? I think all of us wake up in the morning at some point and go, oh God, another day. Can you imagine several hundred, maybe a thousand years of that? Immortality sounds like a great gift, but it's a burden. So that's also what kind of informs his character as well. So yeah, I love the like the research that he's just like I'm not I'm not just gonna walk in, put on a scary vampire cape, and uh, uh, play the big bad. I, you know, I'm gonna think about this role, and uh, I love the little touch of the the apple. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's certainly unique, and I I mean I know I've seen other uh, vampire stories where you know vampires cannot eat human food right like it makes them physically ill so who knows what vampire canon is anymore these days right get some that sparkle and some that can't cross rivers and you know whatever so it's uh i say good good on you tom holland make up your own damn vampire who cares that carries on to the lost boys again Uh they're eating chinese food and things you know so yeah uh, but i've always sort of understood that vampires couldn't eat anything but blood it makes them sick but i actually like this a little better i like this a little better yeah why not i mean i don't yeah. know <laughs> they, yeah i mean in the human a... form you would think they'd have human organs yeah and there's sometimes like i think if you're going to make your vampire eat things there's like the temptation to like raw steaks and things like that it, yeah. i think it's kind of interesting to see him uh, does he eat fruit other than apples i don't remember i saw uh, someplace that somebody was somebody said in a scene that he was eating a pear but i i need to like as we go through it, I'm going to really be eyeing all this fruit. As far as okay. I can remember, it's all apples, right, lad? Uh, he comes well, walking we'll down the staircase. There. Uh, I, I think the, the apple itself kind of informs the character a little bit, too, other than all the stuff you just said. There, there's the the apple always represents, like, the forbidden fruit on the tree. Uh, yes. The wicked witch from Snow White, you know, the poison <laughs> apple. In some ways, it's it, it can be seen as villainous as well. Oh, neat. don't forget about the uh, the biggest guy in the Fruital of a Loom uh, commercial. Um, he's always <laughs> been seen as a villain in my eyes. Um, we got that's uh, a whole separate podcast. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's kind. It's they fine. kind of no pun intended bleed into one another. So <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so so Charlie's mom steps out and starts calling his name, and <laughs> that high pitched Charlie. <laughs> Yeah, the yodel, practically. <laughs> I I was like, what does that remind me of? What does that remind me of? And uh, it was uh, Minnie Pearl on Hee Haw, how she'd go, howdy! <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. That's a, that's a very, very similar yodel. I, I'd expect to see a little price tag hanging off of her straw hat or something at this point. But... Yeah, he caused this. He woke her up, you know, and now she's yeah. kind of wandered down. Like He just ran out the door and slammed the door. And now he's stuck. He's in shocked silence. And I, I was going to say, what, what would you guys do if you were in this situ- in Charlie's situation? Would you just sit there and pee? Uh, would you? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's it's clear from his face. Like he immediately knows he's boned as soon as he hears <laughs> hears that. I mean, like he's like, uh, you know, and and we'll we'll see it in the next minute where his intentions sort of go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I mean, for right now, he's just like shocked. Like I have been caught again for the. You know, for the second time, like, you know, trying to break into the basement. Now they they see me seeing this even more incriminating. Mm-hmm. What, what, this is like his third time being caught, third, right? He gets, yeah. get, gets through the window, through yeah. the basement door. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the pattern that you're going to see for Charlie where they know he's not, he's going to be a problem. He's not going to go away. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's um, an annoying little prick. And yeah, so <laughs> it makes... 
everything I want to say now is kind of come up in the next minute. So like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah so. Uh, have you? I have a question for everybody. Robin is the Greatest Robin is the facts guy, oh, and okay. I'm the I'm the de, I'm the derailment guy. Uh, so so I uh, or the tangent guy. Have either of you ever spied on your neighbors? <laughs> I've been curious. Uh, I I have been bored by my neighbors. I think that has been my problem. There's nobody interesting ever moving in, in next door to me. Yeah, I, I probably have annoyed my neighbors uh, more than spied on them, but. Uh... I did have a guy who lived next door to me when I was a sort of a teenager that had a like some sort of weird mid-era Porsche. And whenever he had that pulled out into the driveway, I was always trying to look through the fence at it. But that's not really the same thing. So <laughs> Until he threw a body into the back of it. but <laughs> You're not going to get a very big body in the back of a Porsche. So. <laughs> My wife and I spied on our neighbors last night. Oh, really? <laughs> just, just in preparation for this podcast? or. Yeah. And we just like to say hi if they're joining us for this podcast. Go ahead. What were you going to uh, say? They're, not. they're in jail. That's why we were spying. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. We went out to dinner last night, and on the way home, there was uh, State Troopers Park in our driveway. And uh, I said, oh, man, Kels, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I might as well get it out now. They found the bodies. But luckily, that wasn't the case. So we... The uh, bodies are still there. Everything's fine. Everything's <laughs> yeah. They're still in the crawl space. We uh, we pulled in, and I, I spoke to them, and they said, is it okay if we are here? They said, yeah, sure. We do whatever you want, man. Uh, and they were waiting for the next-door neighbor to come home. They had a warrant. We've had problems with those neighbors before. They're basically hillbillies. And uh, we saw some action outside, so we immediately ran upstairs to the bedroom, which there's a window that faces the, that, their house. And we uh, we picked over the air conditioning unit that I still never <laughs> removed from last summer. I'll just so, keep it in there now. It's going to be yeah. just fine. Kind of. Uh, but, yeah, we we, uh, we watched them sort of walk with flashlights around the neighbor's yard, but uh. nothing ever came of it. Anyway, I, it, it's funny that I wrote this note hoping you guys had a story. Uh, and <laughs> as I was asking the question, I realized, holy shit, we actually did that last night. <laughs> last night. <laughs> Uh, nah, yeah, I, I wish my, my neighbors are, are boring. So You don't wish that they're – it's a good thing to have boring neighbors. <laughs> boring neighbors are the best neighbors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You got to think that if somebody spends all day sleeping in a coffin in the basement, I mean, that's kind of boring, right? Like they're yeah. half boring, but the rest of it is sort of the part you got to worry about. So Yeah, yeah. Um, it's those screams in the night that constantly wake you up. It's oh, like boy. a dog yapping out there, you know. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so, so we end this minute with Jerry and Billy both looking at the half-asleep Judy um, as uh, <laughs> she's standing on the porch. And then Jerry starts walking forward toward where Charlie is, and that's where the minute ends. So, uh, David, want to thank you for being here. You want to let our listeners know where they can find you? Well, if they're listening to this as it's uh, coming out, they can't find me anywhere. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully soon after that, uh, there will be content at rock and roll high school minute dot com uh oh, with nice. all the, the the links to the uh to the fancy podcast about the the ramones and their time in someone else's high school i was gonna say their time in high school but that movie is not about the ramones going to high school so <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fan of the ramones or exploding high schools uh tune in we'll, we'll be there uh talking about all that stuff so <laughs> calling out to the uh heathers heathers fans uh you oh, yeah. should check this Good movie cro- out, right? <laughs> that's a crossover you're right <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think it's time to put a stake in this one. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. Oh, and I'm Dave. Hi. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> You're so.